Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. As always, I'm your host, Charles Smith. Now, over the past few months, I've been chatting with brands not just here in Australia and New Zealand, but also in the US and the UK. And it's been really interesting to contrast the focal point for sustainability between the hemispheres. Just purely on my own observations, the attention down under is a lot more on waste reduction and plastics problem, whereas in the Northern Hemisphere and in the UK in particular, it's on the pathway to net zero. Now, we've already covered carbon neutrality a little bit on the show. I did a kind of carbon offsets for dummies guide all the way back in episode seven. And then we had an actual expert, Richie Mulder from Carbon Halo, come in in episode 36, who explained in much more detail how to get carbon neutral. But seeing this significantly elevated focus on net zero from the UK brands has left me feeling a little bit like we might be dropping the ball down here. When I asked a few e-commerce brands why they hadn't done more to tackle their carbon footprint, the answer was mostly of some flavour of, it sounds really complicated and I don't know where to start. Knowing the theory, of course, is a far cry from actually getting going. So that got me wondering if in fact there is an easy way to get started. I went on a bit of a hunt and I think my guest today actually has a solution for you. Afonso Fermo is one of the co-founders of NetNada, an Australian startup designed to make the complex world of a carbon accounting dead simple. So without stealing any thunder from Afonso, if baselining your footprint and getting your brand onto the pathway to carbon neutrality and maybe even net zero is something that's been on your to-do list, then this episode is going to be the one that gives you the keys to doing that. So with that, let's start the show. Afonso Fermo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to this for the next uh, half an hour together. Yeah, look, me too. And, um, you know, I am ultimately a bit of an old techie at heart. I used to, you know, in an old corporate job, I used to work in the software engineering department. And and so I love climate tech stuff. It, it kind of it kind of excites my soul in a way, uh, just as much as e-commerce does. So I love it when I get to have a chat with the founders of really cool software tools that are helping us build more sustainable businesses. So thanks so much for joining uh, me today. But we've got so much to get into before we get started. Afonso, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to start, of all things, a climate tech company? Yeah, definitely. So uh, uh, I'm actually Portuguese uh, and used to live in South America and then only came to Australia to study an environmental engineering degree. That's kind of how how it all started. Um, I had a chance and the opportunity to uh, work under um, a professor called Tommy, uh, a leader in carbon carbon accounting. And that's where I kind of fell in love with the the topics of uh, carbon footprint and the impact on uh, of CO2 emissions equivalents into the atmosphere, right? Uh, I had a, a couple of stints at startups before uh, having NetNada. I had created myself an e-commerce business uh, selling direct to consumers of sustainable goods, right? Uh, bamboo stuff that could be compostable, uh, things that dealt with like, you know, compostable items, not using single-use plastics and so forth. But in that journey, 
uh, I learned that there was uh, there was a lot to do in terms of actually helping these uh, e-commerce companies to 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 learn more about the impact, communicating that to their to their customers, but as well giving businesses in general the the tools uh, in a time efficient way to actually measure the impact and and understand where should they focus their energy in in reducing that and in really communicating further. So the objective was: can we leverage software? To, to empower people with knowledge to to see where they can focus their energy in terms of sustainability. What a great opening because, you know, obviously we know here that the, the audience is e-commerce brands. And so what, what an awesome place to start from that you've actually built your own e-com brand. So you actually understand what the heck we're talking about when it comes to e-commerce. So that's a brilliant start. You know, a lot of people kind of glaze over when they hear that word. So so what a, what a fantastic place to start. So now for all those people and, and kind of me as well, to a degree, you mentioned a term there that I don't really even understand what it means. You said carbon accounting, right? And I kind of sort of understand what it means but can you go a bit deeper what does what does it really mean definitely um it, it sounds a bit a bit a bit boring you know it might relate directly with accounting that not most most people are excited about but uh basically it's the act of measuring the total uh atoms of co2 and its equivalencies uh that go into the atmosphere uh and uh contribute to 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 global warming and, and climate change now the process of, of doing so is uh, quite straightforward, but complex in the same way, is measuring a business activity, you know, how much fuel you use, how much electricity you use, but also understand where your money goes. So how much money have you invested in advertisement, in insurance, in logistics, uh, in, your, in your rent and so forth. And it's called carbon accounting because we're actually taking the count of, of where all these contributions are coming from and trying to map uh, which areas of your business are not at, at risk or contributing to your general, uh, your total uh, famous footprint. Yeah, right. Okay. So the theory is, or I guess the logic is, wherever you're spending your money is most likely where the carbon footprint is. Is that kind of a, 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 a safe distillation of that concept or is it a bit more deep than that? You can you can go deeper than that in the sense that, uh, let's say you have to spend your money in packaging, right? But yeah. not all packaging is, is made equally. So if you understand your total contribution from packaging, you can then make the decision of which packaging can provide me the, the best value in terms of impact. But a follow the money approach will tend generally to result in a, in a very good uh, map of, of your total footprint. And you know, from an e-commerce point of view, there's, I, I would say, an increasing movement you know, amongst the industry to be able to say things like, yeah, we're carbon negative or carbon uh, neutral or we're climate positive or all those terms which some of which are really kind of hard to understand can you explain for us the difference between being carbon neutral and being climate positive look i think i think the the, the first step is to actually go back to you know e-commerce business owners and e-commerce brands they, they are busy doing a lot of things right you have a lot of customer su successors you have to do you have to do your marketing you have to think about logistics you have to do a your procurement and sometimes just trying to see the the demands of um your customers in in regards to sustainability in even your competitors forces you to just see okay what might be the quickest win and that can kind of tick the box and uh and kind of wash my hands what we do see and and you have experience with this as well it's not just about taking the box it's about doing the right thing for your business and learning how to communicate that along the way at the right time for your customer to not only generate um, a better customer experience, but also educate them and 
give them the, the the inspiration to pursue better products they're actually doing well for for the planet when it comes to certifications that companies attach themselves with you have things from uh, b corp um, isos being carbon neutral being kind of positive but today there's no uh, single standardized way that you can kind of measure these frameworks that guide these companies but these terms differ on on how you achieve them so what is most important is not about the carbon neutrality but what is behind the carbon neutrality and what is behind the actions that the companies have taken to achieve that status? Yeah. Uh, because customers are now demanding to have that transparency and to be able to look into those claims and find out more because they're getting bombarded with compostable packaging, with carbon neutrality, with planting a tree, and they really want to get down to what is the company actually doing. You raise a really great point there. And of course, there's a big difference between you know, being proud of the badge that you acquired to say that you're, you're you know, to signal that you're virtuous. Bet- uh, and there's a big difference between that and actually taking the hard steps to reduce your uh, the, your carbon uh, footprint, the, the amount of carbon your businesses is actually emitting or responsible for. And I think, you know, when faced with that, especially for the smaller brands, you know, maybe maybe the big ones with internal sustainability departments and all the rest of it, maybe they don't feel as daunted by this. But I know that the sort of solopreneur, uh, you know, self-founder run brands, even if they are doing, you know, healthy seven figures, eight figures in revenue, look at that and go, oh my God, where, like, I'd like to do better, but where do I even begin? So, Obviously, you're the founder of NetNada, and this is kind of what you do. So, how do they start? Where do where do they get going with all this? Yeah, definitely. And 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 you you read the hit the nail on the head of it can be quite daunting to look at the the bigger companies that might have a full uh, person helping them out with sustainability and say, I want to do what they do and even do it better. Where do I start? NetNada kind of automates the process of doing that initial mapping to focus uh, where to focus your energy by providing a software that anyone can use with no uh, knowledge about carbon accounting or carbon footprint or sustainability and will automate uh, the, the process of measuring this and giving back to you a strategy that you can implement in, in action. And what's really exciting about this for smaller companies is you should see your product as a, a communication channel of impact, right? Every time you sell a product and you manage to attach to it uh, accreditation to attach with transparency about the impact that you're creating it's a point of communication with the client that now will do better into the future that will talk with their families their family members and will influence others to procure other sustainable things so it's e-commerce is in a very strong position because they have a lot of touch points with with the general population across the year especially if they're re- repeated buyers um that not if it's in the position of where should your small business or your medium business first focus to create the most impact, not only for the planet, but also for, for your clients. Yeah, look, we we talk about that a lot in terms of the, the absolute pole position that e-commerce brands have in influencing consumer behavior um, because of their un- unusual relationship between you know the consumers and the brands themselves because of the way that we drive traffic and that we drive interactions and the email marketing that we do and all that sort of stuff. So we have an unusual opportunity to to influence and so the storytelling is is really part of that so let's say that a brand came on and they were making i don't know let's say they're a fashion brand and they go you know what we need to understand where our carbon footprint is before we can kind of do anything about it we need to understand where it's all at so how does that how does it work like how does it all fit together um when they come and work with netnada so the first step for netnada is we integrate directly with your accounting software 
for example, your MyUB or your zeros of the world. And we, with one click, we pull all the data that we need in terms of your kind of expense base. And we run our calculations to, to give you that uh, total uh, footprint. We then allow companies to drop their invoices and we'll process it automatically. And then after that it's done, it might take you uh, from a couple of minutes to a day, depending how how much uh, how easy it is to access the, that information. You can receive a report and you can do your first steps to get a, a what's called a carbon uh, committer certification, which means you state your total footprint as well with a, with a report that shows how that was calculated, right? Because the last thing that we want is to contribute to greenwashing where uh, companies might state a couple of things without having the data to back it up. So we support these companies to not only make the claims, but give the customers the opportunity to actually learn more about how, how, how that is made. The second step is, okay, one thing is getting your measurement. The second thing is what is working best for a company for you to reduce your impact. We might find out that actually a big emissions from you might be your um, hosting costs of your website. Where are you hosting your, your, your services and so forth might be very easy to switch. If you actually have a warehouse, right? Switching from your traditional um, energy to having true renewable energy from the grid, right? Might actually save you money. But you don't do it because you don't, didn't know about it and because you don't know which supplier to get. We help you do that that interaction and get you onto the, the right step. We really believe that there is a lot of value on not just providing the strategy, but providing you the tools to implement that, that strategy. So that's kind of the, the long-term and hand-holding process we do along the way, as long as you're part of the NetNet ecosystem, that it's not only about measuring and seeing how you pro progress over time, but giving you access to the tools to, to make those, those changes. And it can vary. It can go from switching uh, energy provider to implement staff engagement and how they're commuting and getting to work to changing your hosting provider, uh, your marketing agency, asking from your supply chain of services who they are and what they're providing you. And you give you we give you a place to, to do so. So that's, that's kind of how easy it is. And we have a kind of a range of companies that, that contribute to that process uh, and also that the sector where they exist varies. What we do want to create is uh, the end goal of having a network of truly sustainable business, what transparent, and where customers can can navigate that that ecosystem. Yeah, one of the things about um, sustainability assessments is that they kind of like you know they're very, well number one they're very expensive typically, but they're kind of point in time things which are great for a benchmark. But then it's like you know two weeks later that's not what it was anymore. But what you've got there is a system where people can check in regularly, monthly, I'm guessing, and see where they're up to now. Having so if they started out with having you know, a hosting provider that was not using green energy and they identified that that's a big footprint component to them. Then they change that to someone that's using renewables. Do they go back in and configure it or does your system automatically know that that's a, a renewable provider and, and take that automatic action? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It really depends on the case. We Most of them is, is now automated, but you bring a, a good point to the, um, you know, as an e-commerce all about ROI and campaigns and, and, and tracking your, your dollars. The last thing we want is to companies to spend $30,000 on a consultant getting a report that's sitting there and you had one touch point with your customers about it. It was like, we've done this report and that disappears into, into your Google Drive folder. Mm. What we want instead is every month you might have a new touch point around sustainability that you can re-engage your customers with, that you can create sections about sustainability about. Uh, and that's only possible if the cost of measurement and the cost of tracking and accessing the solutions is affordable for every every brand. 
Um, we believe that consultants have a place and we work alongside them on sometimes deploying uh, other high-level strategies, sometimes consultants in terms of marketing and communication, right? But the, 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 the hard stuff of doing the measurement should be automated and should, should be democratized because the reality, the reality is that everyone will have to access that information at some point in time yeah. and we want to make sure that everyone can. That's brilliant point you raised there around, you know, the multiple touch points, because we talk a lot in sustainable e-commerce and anyone's heard me rattle on about this. It is a journey. And one of the benefits of being on a journey is that you get to milestones and those milestones are things that you can talk about. And we all know in e-commerce that it's hard to keep coming up with more content all the time sometimes. But this is a great ready-made source of content that your customers absolutely want to hear about but the things that you're doing behind the scenes to make a better business as well. So it's fantastic that that the the NetNada platform not only tracks this but also gives you assets. And you were before we got on air, you were talking about the fact that you know it is some element of what you do is about storytelling. So how does that work? How does that plug in, and how does that become visible between the the brand and the consumer? So so there's a couple of steps. One is of course once you come onto the platform and you get that initial measurement, we create like a. Uh, a public page for you for your customers to access and you to link to. Uh, that's one. It's like a, the main access. But secondly, we are automating the process of the content generation and inspiration for you. So based on your uh, carbon journey and the solutions that you've implemented, we are auto-generating uh, content and social media content that you can then grab and adapt it to your branding guidelines. But the process of saying, what is the next touch point that I need to do to get some content, we provided right for you which is really really exciting because it takes that the burden of okay what's next how can i communicate next uh that's one and of course you can see it in your like higher level strategy of of how you're communicating things um but but you kind of it's for us like you said like e-commerce brands have so many things on their plate and as now a software company i would love to have as many touch points as e-commerce brands have with customers right it's a huge opportunity to communicate uh, and the fact of having that physical product that you can reach out again and again and again is, is fantastic and they shouldn't miss on that opportunity. Giles just jumping in here again with a quick aside. No matter where you are in your journey to grow your brand for a healthier planet, there's one area of impact that all e-commerce brands share, and that's shipment packaging. It's imperative that the customer's order arrives in perfect condition. You already know if your stuff arrives damaged that's a bad user experience it ends up in profit sucking refunds or replacements and the damaged items will likely end up in landfill but how much thought have you given to the fact that your shipment packaging is actually usually a highly overlooked part of the overall customer experience in many cases it will be the very first physical interaction someone has with your brand with sustainability the war on waste and the single-use plastic problem being front of mind for almost all consumers now, the last thing you want is for that first impression of your brand to be dominated by frustration with how your products are packaged. That's why I'm so excited to be partnering with our friends at Heaps Good Packaging on the show. They provide a range of very cost-effective, eco-friendly, compostable shipment packaging from simple mailers through fillers, tapes, labels, and post-pack boxes. And with that all-important first impression in mind, they can also help you with custom-printed packaging as well to really elevate your brand experience. Head over to heapsgoodpackaging.com.au and use code PACKLIKEABOSS to get 10% off site-wide. Okay, back to today's discussion. So 
In your experience of sort of doing this time and time again, of going through and watching customers go through the journey, e-commerce and other, and other businesses, where are the big wins typically? Where are the first places to start? Once they've got their kind of like the benchmark or their initial report, let's call it that, where typically are the biggest wins that are going to save them money and also save them carbon? So I'll have to kind of rephrase that because what is unique about sustainability is that it varies from business to business. A good example is you wouldn't recommend uh, a small coffee shop that rents is, is little like five by five to put solar panels on the roof because they can't, right? So solar, solar panels are, are fantastic, but not everyone can use them. Yeah. So it, it needs to be tailored to every single business in a sense. But what is impressive is how you can uncover parts and stories that people never think about. So the hosting provider is a, is a good example is it might be 3% or 4% of your carbon footprint as an example of your like organization, operational carbon footprint. Uh, but how powerful it is to make that change and to have data to back it up, right? Mm. Uh, and so it doesn't matter how small it is, having the, 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 the data behind it to, to claim and having that, that change is positive. Secondly, I think it's on a personal level, the people that we work with, the internal champions that want to power sustainability to their business, it makes it way easier for them to not just be true sustainability warriors and trying to convince their teammates, but actually having someone to back them up when they're trying to do initiatives, right? Having the, the support of NetNada when you're going into your meetings with your calls and say, we should invest in this or we should make this change and having data to back it up or some someone as NetNada being in the room to help them out is 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 very, very helpful. When it comes to having made those changes and they've they've kind of narrowed down, they've made their change their hosting provider, they've changed their shipping provider, they've changed a whole bunch of things and they've taken the, let's call it low hanging fruit, I suppose, to actually make things better. Then they're going to get left with a pool of stuff that's really hard to change. And of course, that's where ultimately, that's where what carbon credits and those sorts of things are supposed to be used for. Is that, do you make that connection and do you then enable the purchasing of those things on a dynamic basis or is that is that coming or? do they need to go and work with some external providers uh, with regards to that? Yeah, so we provide the carbon credits, but with a good distinction of because we are the, the assessors of this, this measurement, we don't make money on the carbon offsetting. So we don't take a clip on that. All the offsets that we provide are from wholesalers and we just kind of link them to you. Uh, the price of, of getting carbon credits to NetNada tends to be cheaper than going to market because you don't have a retailer that's adding a fee on, on top. Right. Yeah. Yes. We do provide the, the easy access to those credits. But secondly, one of the hard things as well is once you've done all the low hanging fruit, you might pursue the, the, the carbon neutrality statement, the carbon offsets. But also we empower you to have conversations with people in our supply chain to start finding out more about who they are and what they're doing. Because you might uncover that some of them might have sustainability credentials that help and support your story. But you'll never you'll never know until you reach out. Uh, backed by data and say, look, you're contributing to 10% or 15% or we see you as a hotspot. Tell us more about your business. And you might find out they have, you know, ethical guidelines, sustainability guidelines. They might have purchased carbon neutrality uh, offsets at some point. And, and just having this conversation is really, really powerful for storytelling. It is. And so let's say that, you know, the brand does want to go after um, climate active certification or something similar. If they've done the work to benchmark through NetNada and then they've, they've filled the gap with carbon credits that you've supplied them. 
is that enough to get climate active certification or some official certification from a from a gold standard body like that or or, or is there some gap that's still required to get filled yeah so the, the, there's two points like so gold standard today um in the carbon accounting world or carbon footprint gold standards associated with carbon credits mm. in a sense it's actually a brand called uh gold standard that, that sells and validates carbon credits in terms of in australia and climate active certification it's a very common one uh it has good things and bad things uh we don't believe that everyone should pursue depending on their on their level and size that certification if they do do that to net nada by doing our initial process they're about 70 percent of the way there there's then additional information they have to submit uh and we are carbon, um we are climate active uh consultants ourselves so we can assist them in the process okay. so it becomes kind of one shop uh for for everything sustainability yeah perfect I, I love that i mean that's what uh all brand founders want is just make it easy for me please can you yeah, make this yeah. easy for me because it's too confusing so but can you just unpick what that gap is and why consultants are required in the process between you know essentially what you what they've accomplished with your software and then any credits they've purchased and what's what the gap is what's the difference the the gap is um the the type of information that that uh companies like netnata might ingest right we might get uh really deep into your supply chain right that climate active uh might not require as much but we do that for a, a term of like value add and uncovering things in your supply chain to have better conversations because we're all about that messaging. Uh, but other requirements like uh, specifically uh, travel distances between point A and point B, right, of your employees. We might give you an overall estimation of your flight emissions by uh, total uh, flights you've taken, if they were national and internationally, but details like exactly the airport where you landed and where you flew from might be required. So it's more like those technicality things rather than a, a big gap. So what's next in the development pipeline, Afonso? What's coming that's really exciting that uh, that you're that you're working on feverishly day and night at the moment, okay. and that you hopefully can have a how out sometime this year? <laughs> now, what's what's coming next is we do believe that sustainability is more than just carbon accounting. Yeah, uh, sustainability is is very broad, and we want to bring all ESGs in, in into place. We know that, uh, you know, based on donor economies, it's not just about um, the environment. There's like the social aspect as well, uh, and the governance. And we want to make sure that these brands can do everything in one single place, uh, and and empower them to to get better clients, better partnerships by making it easy for everyone to access that information. So as a brand. Uh, you've, you've done this work, you've done all your SGs in one central place. If you ever need to, to share and communicate that, making it even easier to access in a secure and confidential way between the stakeholders that need, that need to have it. Yeah. Um, that might be, you know, suppliers giving you data about their own emissions that you want to use for your own reports and all this, this network effect. Secondly, it's just adding more people into the network, you know, more solutions, more providers, uh, tools that are across the country, service providers that are across the country, a country that makes it easier to kind of implement these changes. So do you see yourself being someone that can do plastic accounting in the future? Like how much plastic are you creating and leaving in the environment? Or, you know, can you see a vision of that for the future? Or is that like too far a left of field for the moment? Look, the, the way I see plastic uh, from a, a kind of sustainability sense, I had very good conversations just this lately with, with people very involved in the recycling world especially plastics you know uh, i i also assist with a program a program called um pharma cycle 
that was like a blister packs across the country. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a great program. And uh, just speaking with with a company down uh, up in Queensland about um, removing the uh, polyester plastics from 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 fishing and so forth. And I do believe the technology is at one point where we're seeing going to see less and less uh, need to 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 track this plastic because the solutions for better alternatives are going to be there, right? And not only that, but I think customers will demand uh, no plastic at all. So I actually believe we're going to get there by a technology innovation rather than having to point fingers as uh, who is polluting or not, because the alternative solution is going to be cheaper and better and reusable and customers will expect it. So I, I love that. And I kind of have this picture in my head of a two horse race between, you know, carbon neutral and no plastic. And so who's going to win? Is it going to be, we're going to get to zero plastic first, or we're going to get to, to net zero first? Yeah. And, and, and the one with plastic, I think it's going to end up that um, linking back to the carbon neutrality and the net zero, especially in the e-commerce space, which plastic is a, is a big problem where, you know, if you think about the, the waste being produced, uh, debt going to landfill, where having something that customers can return back, right? Having another touch point where you can engage with your customer because the packaging is actually used for something else and they can get something by returning that that packaging, having uh, collection points where you go and you engage with retail. So you have your e-commerce arm and then you have your retail arm that educates the consumer and has touch points based on recycling and reusing. Just new stats about Patagonia. And I think some other brand that by 2030, they expect 34% of revenue coming from fixing garments and upcycling. So instead of like new new items. So you're going to see that changing that the customer will will default into I'm going to keep engaging with this brand because it's not a a, a one-off purchase, but instead yeah. like a recycling journey of uh, upcycling and, and more touch points. Oh, look, definitely. I mean, I think particularly in the fashion space where, you know, garments do wear out, they rip, they tear, they they do whatever they do. And, you know, there's there's a, an enormous trend towards brands taking more lifetime responsibility for the customer's experience of those products past the point of sale. And and, it, and it's it's challenging the the whole industry in many, in many ways, because the industry has always been about just sell stuff, get stuff out the door, get it, get the dollars through the door. And, and you know, their responsibility has ended at that point, but that's changing. That is changing rapidly. And, and th- which made me think, you know, just sort of closing the loop on that, that people make things, they get used. And, you know, obviously there's some, probably there's some carbon accounting for the whole supply chain in terms of downstream use of the customer so you know energy efficiency and blah 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 but then for things like apparel and and clothing there's obviously a, sort of a destruction footprint whether that's uh, the things end up in landfill creating methane or carbon dioxide is that is that something that's uh, trackable is it something that you see coming down that people are going to start policing as part of your overall carbon footprint as a brand and if so how do people deal with that? I think it also comes through through innovation. What we're seeing uh, um, as well, like the use of like tags in in garments and, and products that have like a, a global footprint, where at one point you're gonna be able to to see where it originated and where it's going and how long it's been out in in the market. So that accountability and and kind of supply chain track uh, um, tracking. Is going to increase over time. We see it a lot now with agricultural products. You know, how long has it been traveling in the supply chain? Where it came from? What was the temperature it was kept in, and so forth. So when it does get to the end consumer, you can see all this data. Uh, I think with clothes, especially, how they end up um, taking a lot of space in in landfills, right? That contribute to the cost of running them. 
you want to start seeing barriers of what can and cannot enter um, kind of general waste in a sense. Yeah. And you see the government supporting a lot of initiatives about uh, textile industries and and removing them from landfill today and trying to figure out a solution to to uh, what to do with them. And I think brands, the way I see it, it's not going to be, I'm positive that the intention is going to come from the, the, the positives in a sense, right? Companies are going to change the way they work, especially in like textile industries, because they're going to have better running and efficient businesses if they manage to engage into the circular economy and capture the attention of the customers. Yeah. It's not going to be it's going to be by default that this makes more business sense to take it in this approach than the other way around. Yeah. When when the cost of a new garment, when the the cost of disposing of these items by the end consumer, it's too expensive. They're like, I don't want to put this in my general bin outside because it costs me two hundred bucks every week. I prefer taking this to your store where you can like fix it or give me a new product or reuse it for something else than the other option. Yeah, that, that's a really insightful point and um uh and and the sort of spur for genuine beneficial government action where things change for the better because they're putting levies on on waste and 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 forcing people to think more carefully about waste and what they really buy and what they really consume and therefore what they really chuck away at the end of the day. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, really insightful commentary. Uh, Afonso, thank you very much. Where do people go to get on board with Netnada? Uh, definitely. So they can go on to netnada.com.au. Uh, you can get an account for free straight away to like trial the, the software or book a demo with us or reach out to me uh, via LinkedIn. I'm always happy to chat, to share my e-commerce experience, to learn more about your e-commerce, how you're printing your labels, what are you doing, how's your packaging, and then chat um, about sustainability. Um, I think the, the future is here and e-commerce brands are in a very good position to influence the the consumer on how they think about sustainability and they should take that uh, position with responsibility and with knowledge and, and do the right thing. Thank you. I, c- I couldn't have said that better myself. hundred percent agree. Afonso, this has been a, a very fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much. Back to Giles again for my top takeouts. And of course, the main takeout from today's show is just how easy NetNada's platform makes it to get started and then get ongoing tracking of your carbon footprint. Simply plug it into your accounting software and in minutes you'll have a much clearer picture of your areas to focus on. I neglected to ask him during the show, but chatting after, their system connects with MYOB and Zero seamlessly. And if you're running on QuickBooks, they don't have an API connection just yet, but you can still upload export files. So while not fully automated, it still achieves the same outcome very quickly. Plus, you can get started free for seven days, including getting a scope one, two, and three analysis done so you can see some immediate results. For now, I want to say thanks to Afonso from NetNada for joining me today, and thanks again to my sponsors, Heaps Good Packaging, for helping me make this show sustainable too. I'll be back again next week with more stories from the world of sustainable e-commerce. So until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.